my guest this week is speaker and author Adam Harris. We chat about networking and referral techniques and how he came up with the Check-In Strategy Journal, which helps companies with goal setting and accountability. Welcome to episode 199 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the Marketing and Finance podcast. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plug me and my guests into your earphones. Now, as you've probably gathered, I'm recovering from a dose of man flu and my voice is still extremely gravelly. In fact, I sound like a Dalek with pneumonia, don't I? So I'm going to go straight into the interview with Adam Harris, which I recorded back in October when I wasn't afflicted by the lurgy. So let's get straight into that interview with Adam right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Adam Harris, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Adam, tell me, where are we Zooming each other from today? Now, I'm in Edinburgh, as always. So I'm in sunny East Midlands, literally slap bang in between Nottingham and Derby. Fantastic. So not too far away, just a little trip down the M6 uh, for me. Adam, you specialise in providing leaders with the insights and tools they need to develop expertise in making the right introductions and leverage this knowledge for strategic sales success. You talk a lot on your website about working the network, about networking. So lots of really interesting things for us to talk about. And you've also written an interesting book with a fascinating title, The Check-In Strategy Journal. So I'd really like to have a look at that as well today. But before we get to that, Adam, Give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, where you're going, and basically what makes Adam Harris tick. Wow, how long have we got? I know we're short on time. So I started off, and actually one of my speaking sessions is Trolley Boy to CEO. So I started off working at Sainsbury's as a 16-year-old, worked up, qualified as a butcher, baker, and subsequently years later as a candlestick maker. (laughs) Um, And I I realized one day, I was probably about 19, I was uh, working over in Northern Ireland, uh, setting up the first supermarkets over there through Sainsbury's, and realized that actually I was just going to be a number working within the organization. Mm -hmm. And from there, I kind of decided actually, do you know what, I wanted to uh, follow my own path. So I put myself through university, my first business was an IT recycling company, uh, subsequently had a couple more tech businesses. Um, and then about 10 years ago, after I'd completed a merger as CEO into an American uh, IT trade association, I was kind of left and I didn't really know what to do. And speaking to a lot of people, I was kind of asking them, so what is it that I'm really good at? And there, the, the common comments that came back was twofold. One, which was, Adam, you're just really good at introducing people and seeing opportunities and connecting people. And the second thing is, is that you're really, really good at asking great questions. Mm. So subsequently, I, I now spend my time doing two things. One, 
putting people together, connecting people and helping businesses and teams understand the networks that they've got to leverage opportunities. And the second thing is, is that as a business coach, facilitator, non-exec director, I specifically work with chief execs and MDs predominantly within the UK, but sometimes globally in helping them become better leaders and getting the honesty out on the table with their teams so that they can push forward and grow uh, and become better and bigger than they ever have been. You are a speaker, and we, we had a chat about this before we pressed record. I've just come back from the Czech Republic. I was speaking at a conference called Forum Media, a very exciting um, conference, actually. But I don't think you're a traditional speaker, are you? You're not, you're not really a death by PowerPoint person, are you? No, I, I, I typically tend to seep off the energy and, uh, and what's going on in the room. So very much kind of exploratory. Some would say that I'm a lazy speaker. I think that I'm I'm skilled in the art of basically getting the audience to do the majority of the work. Yeah. So challenging people's concepts, uh, opening them up to have kind of fresh mindset, uh, and just uh, looking at the status quo and challenging it, and saying why why do we do what we've always done? Let's look at things from a different perspective, and you know, importantly, have a lot of fun. So presumably when you're on stage, you're asking the audience quite a lot of questions rather than just talking to them. Absolutely. And a lot of the times I'm getting them to break off into to twos and threes. One of my signature things is that I get people standing up and just do a really, really simple couple of games just to get their mind thinking and feeling in a different perspective. You know, the amount of times and the amount of speakers that I have coming in, a lot of the times, you know, it can be quite boring uh, and laborious and actually what's what I think is important especially at a conference is to shift the energy you know our, our body and our bodies and our minds will take the path of least resistance yeah and what we've often got to do is just to to shape things up to be memorable um, don't do things that other people do and then that way you become a little bit more memorable but more importantly the message that you're trying to convey uh, just absorbs a lot cleaner and a lot more effectively can you give me an example of one of the little games that you play without giving too much away, obviously? No, no, no absolutely. So I'd get people to stand up and count between uh, one to three. So I'd go one, you go two, then I'd go three. So we rotate that. And what's interesting is is that because there's a, a difference between uh, the numbers is that you're then having to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I take it onto another stage and then another stage by replacing the numbers with actions. So you've kind of got to focus and concentrate on your own and also uh, listen and observe what your partner's doing. So it's, it's just shifting the parallels as to what you would normally think would be fairly simple is it really, really does challenge the mind and the body at the same time. I really do like that audience interaction that gets people thinking for themselves. Again, when I was in Prague, I actually had 400 people in the room shouting out, your cat sat on our mat. Now, that's one of my signature uh, uh, routines. And people told me that the Czech Republic are quite restrained and they don't get involved. But I did get those 400 people shouting out that rather funny phrase. And it really does, does make a difference when you can get people to interact. Looking at some of the sample keynotes that you you do Adam innovations one but then I focus in on this word networking so you've got networking for sales success beyond networking 101 etc so obviously networking has become a big focus for you hasn't it how, how did you get into this focus on networking 
So many years ago, I kind of got introduced to an organization called BNI, founded by Ivan Meisner, uh, Business Network International. I mean, it's, uh, it's in pretty much every country. The concept is about the networking meetings, and I know that we spoke about it uh, before the call. Um, and I just realized that I had a natural habitat and an ability to be able to just kind of connect people in speaking and seeing opportunities uh, and just going, you need to speak to this person and here's the reason why. Uh, and that kind of skill took me uh, and a lot of people then just started saying, Adam, can you, you know, can you introduce me to such and such? It's like, okay, cool. So even now, uh, 10 years after being within the IT space, I still get people email me or drop me a call and go, Adam, I'm after this product or service, who would you recommend? Mm -hmm. And then I just place people together. So I've taken what is relatively easy to me and just put some tools and tips and techniques together to just help other people follow some levels of framework to make it easier for them. Uh, you know, one of the sayings that I've got is, it's not what you know, but who you know, but actually more importantly, it's who they know. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the concept of, uh, and some of the listeners will have heard this concept before of six degrees of separation. Yeah. You know, you're only ever, you know, six people away from the exact person that you want to get in front of, you know, recent research that uh, a friend and a colleague of mine has done, they reckon that's now down to about 4.2, you know, with kind of the evolution of social media and LinkedIn, et cetera, is that, you know, really you can get in front of the right people the first part is that you need to be really focused and understanding of who your target customer or is, is or your target market. And then it's a case of, right, okay, now I know what the target market is. Be as specific as possible with the individuals or the companies and then create the strategies to actually get in front of those people via recommendations and introductions. Just going back a little bit, are those breakfast meetings where you turn up at some ungodly hour like 6am in the morning at a hotel on the bypass and get a bacon butty and everybody stands around and does the, what is it, the 35 second pitch or the 40 second pitch? They still seem to be incredibly popular. Are people genuinely creating the right connections by going to these events? That's a really good point. I think they, you know, in the early days, if I think back probably 15, 20 years ago, there wasn't that many the, the concept of, uh, of the networking groups has expanded to different versions and different times of day and, and different paraphernalia with what the food is. But the concept really is, is that if you're in a room with like-minded individuals who are running similar sorts of businesses, who have got similar sorts of uh, customers or targets, then actually the, the magic can re really happen. Mm. And I think that the key thing really is the group that you are uh, attending or planning to attend, have they got the right target market that fit, um, you know, your customer avatar? And often a lot of people haven't spent the time that they need to working exactly on who is my customer avatar? Who are they? Where are they? What do they do? You know, where do they eat? What's their, you know, what's their hobbies, etc. So, they can work, but only if that's where your target market is going to go. Yeah, that's that, that fits with my experience. I mean, I come at it from the marketing point of view. And when I have conversations with my potential customers, the conversation usually starts with the communications they want to do. So they'll say something to me like, Roger, can you help us? 
get better on Twitter? Can you help us do more video? Can you help us with a vlog or something like that or a blog? And my first question to them is always, well, what's your strategy? I.e., who's your customer? What's their problem? And how do you solve their problem? And time and time again, I find that people haven't done that important strategy work first. They want to dive straight into the communication. And without knowing who the customer is, you, you, the communication isn't going to work, or it's, at least it's not going to work as effectively it could, as it could do if you were pinpoint accurate with your customer avatar, as you say. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's actually a lot easier sometimes to, to do in the fact that even just taking a step back and reflecting and going, okay, let's just analyze our current customer base. You know, whether whether you're B2B or B2C, uh, the, the information is there. You might not have the right information, which is a different challenge, but, you know, you can work on that moving forward. But actually taking that level of understanding and looking at it and go, okay, so where have our customers come from? You know, who are our top 20%, which are probably uh, going to be the bulk of our business? you know, kind of the old Pareto 80-20 rule. Yeah. Um, and spending some time understanding it, because actually when you begin to understand it, you only need to sometimes make some really small, subtle changes, uh, but actually you can gain uh, large traction and momentum. So let's take, for example, that those, you know, top 20 customers, whether it be 20% or even just top 20, just by asking them the simple question of, inverted commas, who do you know that I should be speaking to about the service that I give you? You know, they should be then because you've got customers that should be happy. You know, they're the, they're your biggest customers, they're your target market. Just by asking one simple question can generate a number of opportunities for you to then get a warm uh, introduction straight referral, which then gives you the opportunity to speak to somebody else. And that's a really simple and great way to look at growing your business. I really like that approach, Adam. And maybe we could dig a little bit deeper into how, how do you go about approaching people without appearing a bit overly salesy or overly sleazy, I guess? Uh, I suppose there's a, there's a very fine line to be um, trodden here, isn't there? One of the things that annoys me a lot about LinkedIn, for example, is that you'll get a connection request from somebody and they may even write you quite a nice little um, introduction. Oh, we're in the same industry, blah, blah, blah. We have a few of the same interests. It'd be great to connect. And then about Two and a half seconds after you've accepted the connection request, an automatic direct message piles into your um, inbox and it's buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And my reaction to that is usually, oh, unconnect straight away. So how, how do we create that right balance so that we genuinely develop these connections as opposed to annoy them? So for me, there's a couple of things you need to take into consideration and probably the most important one is, you know, especially culturally, you know, whether it be UK or Europe, we don't like to be forced upon. So, you know, constantly be thinking about the approach that you're just about to take and say, is this something that would annoy or upset me? Because if it is, then you need to change the style and the methodology. So I think that's that's uh, a key point. Um, the second thing is, is that you need to be really kind of quite focused and targeted. You know, it's not a case that you're throwing enough mud at the wall and hoping that some of it's going to stick. Actually, the, the smaller the target and the more focused you are, uh, the better the chance and opportunity you're going to have is because you're going to have that focus. So one of the things that I often do when I'm working with clients is say, right, okay, 
let's create a target list of 10 uh, companies or 10 particular individuals that we want to do work with or for. Okay, why do we want to be working with them? Let's look at the customer avatar. Uh, let's really understand, you know, are they the right company? Have they got the right need or want for our products or service? Uh, are they within the right sector? So once we've qualified them, it's then a case of, you know, simply just going out to the existing network. And at the end of every call or transaction or whether it be an email, it's just you just say something along the lines of, hey, I don't know if you know this company, but I'm really looking uh, for an introduction into uh, the, the decision maker, inverted commas, within that business. Uh, now, if you've been a little bit smarter, you can potentially have gone on to LinkedIn or Facebook if you are connected with your existing contacts. And you may well have seen that they actually may well already be connected. So all you're doing is you're just being really specific in the request that you're asking for. And if they're, if they're a customer and they're happy with the products or service that you're delivering, uh, they'll be more than happy to make that introduction. The second thing is, is that once you feel confident in asking for the introduction is to make the process as easy as possible mm. for them. So it may well be the case that you pre-write the introductory email and I would send it through to you and say, Roger, really, really happy that you've, that you've said that you're happy to introduce me into, into Dave. Um, I've pre-prepared an email. Would you mind just forwarding this email or editing it to your desire and just copying me in? So by making the process really easy for you as my contact, all in theory you've got to do is to press forward after saying yes to my request of making that introduction for me. Yeah, that's so much more engaging, isn't it, than the than the usual throwing, as you say, mud against the wall and seeing what sticks approach. I really like that. So, Adam, the other thing I wanted to talk to you today about was your book. And yes. again, I said before, an incredibly intriguing title, The Check-In Strategy Journal. How did this come about? So I've been a business coach, non-exec director, facilitator for chief execs, MDs and boards for the last 10 years. And one of the things that I was finding was I'd be having a, a coaching session or I'd be in a board meeting and activities or goals would get agreed upon. And coming then to the following month's meeting, I typically tend to see my clients uh, on, a, on an engagement every, every month, is that not necessarily a huge amount have been done moving forward. You know, people would come out of the meetings uh, and then the day job would kick in. So it was kind of the, the concept of accountability and traceability and visibility was really, really quite key. So it'd been something that had been in, on my mind for quite a while, and I had created a couple of worksheets pre and post for people to kind of do, but there wasn't anything that it was kind of collating all together. So I was actually away for my wedding anniversary with my wife at a spa down in Devon and came across a journal which was really quite personal, uh, a kind of about personal and uh, development uh, Somebody might say it was a little bit woo-woo. <laughs> uh, I kind of really liked it, but I kind of then reflected and thought, hang on a second, there must be something like this within the business space. And it turned out that there wasn't. So with a speaker uh, and coach friend of mine, uh, a guy called Robert Craven, 
who's been uh, a, a well-known speaker and existing author. He, Robert comes at things very much from a strategy perspective, business planning, academic, uh, core structure, etc. Whereas I'm very much more people, co- culture, work-life balance. So we kind of set about, about creating a, a journal that was going to fit both sides. Mm. So kind of that, that work-life balance that is really, really quite key as to either when you're running a business or even when you're within it. So we've kind of created this 50-page uh, triple espresso business personal planning tools, goals, objectives, one-year plan, three-year plan, et cetera, to kind of allow people to kind of reflect on where they're at uh, and then plan for the future. And then the rest of it then fits into a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly uh, journal. Um, and one of the things that we've got within there is something that we call review preview. Mm. So it gives people the opportunity on a daily, weekly basis to kind of stop and kind of reflect and go, okay, so what's happened within the last period? You know, on a scale of one to 10, how's it worked for me? Uh, what, what would plus one have looked like? What's my big achievements have been over this last period? Uh, and then the second part then is the, uh, is the review uh, part. What's coming up over the next period? What's got to be my core focus? What's the one thing that I need to work on in the coming seven days? So really giving it personal accountability and visibility so that you can know exactly what your focus is. You can see and understand trends and reflections that have happened. But the, the magic part that's really happened is that actually it's, been, it's now being used in a number of organizations. Uh, whether that be a small organization, really upwards, uh, where this has actually become a common language uh, within a lot of companies where the concept and the terminology and the ethos has now created the common language and the permission to challenge and support other people. So the concept of, you know, Roger, what's the one thing that you need to focus on in the next week? So I, as your manager... Now know because you've communicated through to me what your one thing is. Uh, you will, you know, my role as your manager is to make sure that I uh, re- reduce any barriers and help you achieve that. So that when we're sat together in a week's time, you know, I can say, so how did you get on? And you should be able to say, I've done it. Great. If you haven't done it, then tell me and help me understand what the excuse and the reason is that you've not done it. So it's really make, it's really having a, quite a dramatic impact within some organizations, uh, so much so that we've been working with a number of companies that have made, that had aspirations or they were already in the Times Top 100 companies to work for. Uh, and this, uh, this ethos and terminology has created a, a culture uh, and a permission to challenge anybody within the organization and understand what they're doing What's their focus and where does that fit within the overall goals and objectives of the organisation? That's really fascinating stuff. And, and of course, we're so bombarded with communications in our lives these days, whether, whether it's at home, you know, we're getting emails, we're getting adverts, we're getting content thrown at us. In corporates, if we work in corporates, we, we arrive at work, we might have time to grab a, grab a coffee, but then we're burying our head in emails or we're stuck in meetings all day and we don't have that or we don't force ourselves to have that time to reflect and and obviously the, the a lot of the best 
uh, moments come when you do slow down and reflect upon what's happening and work on your goals and decide where you want to go rather than just becoming swamped by what's going on. Um, but it has to come from the top, doesn't it? The, the companies and the businesses have to have the goals for you to be able to reflect on them. So it's not just putting in place a check-in strategy. You actually have to have the goals and the vision in the, in the business in the first place. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the times is that the perceived goals that people or businesses have got, you know, are they really what they want or actually is it what they believe that everybody else thinks they should have? Yeah. You know, and actually one of the key things is, is that, you know, you need to constantly be reviewing them. I mean, the amount of businesses that I've been into that says, you know, this is our target and everything. It's like, okay, well, that can move, that can shift. You know, what, what, what's, What's important for individuals is not necessarily what's important for the overall company and trying to find the marriage between the two uh, and get into a common goal um, where the personal goals are going to affect, you know, the, the overall business, you know, is quite, is quite important. And especially at the moment when you talk about the generations and, you know, you kind of, you know, millennials and Generation Z that are coming through. Uh, their needs, wants, and desires are very, very different to traditionally, you know, kind of what baby boomers wanted. Mm. You know, the, the the amount of time that an, an individual will stay within an organisation is is a lot different now than what it ever was before. So, you, you as an organisation and as an employer, you need to kind of be open to understanding, you know, what are the needs, wants, and desires of my workforce? Because if I can match that, or at least understand it. I'm going to have a far better way of getting more out of them uh, so that, you know, I'm getting more efficiency and more productivity and everybody's winning towards a better future. Wow. So, Adam, a career as a speaker, a career as a consultant, a career as an author, a focus on networking, but also helping companies to identify their ideal customers. What's the one big thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from the experiences you've had over your career? If it's not working, speak, understand, challenge, get the support find a way of doing something that you want to do for yourself. Uh, A lot of times I I see and I meet people where they're stuck in a fear cycle. You know, our bodies and our minds will take the path of least resistance. But actually, if you want to be doing something that's different, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to be challenged and you have to create the burning platform. Uh, And sometimes individuals uh, can do it for themselves a lot of times they can't. So utilizing something like the, the check-in strategy journal or having a mentor or having a coach, get some level of challenge and accountability to allow you to achieve the things that you want to do, but also the things that you think that you might want to do. I really like that. And it just reminded me of a conversation I was having with my wife recently. We we're watching this TV series, and I'm not going to say which one it is because it's probably not fair on the production team, but it's like a 10-part series, and it's truly like watching paint dry. And after about six episodes, we sort of, I looked at my wife and I said, we're really going to have to stop watching this. It's, it's really rubbish. And, and her initial response was, well, we've watched the first six. We may as well watch the last four. And my view was, well, no, because that's another four hours wasted. We need to get out of this cycle and move on to something else. And I think that sometimes people are stuck in a rut, and they need to be given 
permission or to be brave enough to get themselves out of that cycle. Yeah, you know, if we look at habits and routines is that we've all got them. Uh, I think the challenge is, is how quickly can we do something different? So, you know, they reckon that it takes something like 46 days to create a new habit or routine. Mm. A, a couple that come to mind for me in recent times, and, you know, I'm not saying that I am the best at this, but I kind of made a decision. I thought, well, okay, I'm going to see if I can stop eating meat. I'll see if I can do it for a week. That then became two weeks, that then became three weeks. And I'm now, what, uh, nearly 18 months old, 18 months on, and I've not had any any meat just because I wanted to challenge myself into pushing, pushing things further. Um, it's, it's tough. It really, really is tough. And sometimes that's why, you know, we need to be going, if you're talking from an exercise perspective is that training with a buddy, um, makes it easier because you're accountable to them at the same time as being accountable to yourself, which in some strange way feels easier because you don't want to let the other person down. But a lot of us are ha- quite happy to let ourselves down. Um, you know, that's why we go to classes because we need that push and that motivation or to have a personal trainer, etc. So sometimes, you know, having having a coach or having a, a, a way to find a level of reflection or having a buddy, it, anything that's going to break the cycle is only going to be a positive thing. Adam, this is the Marketing and Finance Podcast, and one of the questions I always ask my guests as we start to wind the interview down is, is there a marketing campaign or a product that's caught your attention recently that's really made you sit up and thought, wow, I really like the way they've done that, or I must go out and buy that? Uh, The one that comes to mind, and I used this many, many years ago when I was running my IT company, was I remember sitting in Nando's, uh, the chicken... Uh, place yeah um, and that's when I was eating meat and one of the things that they did was is that uh, when they bring the meal you've got the cockerel in the middle of the table kind of a small wooden thing mm-hmm. and uh, 10 minutes after you've started to eat your food or they've delivered it to you they come and they check to make sure that everything is okay so if everything's okay they take the cockerel away if, if it's not then they'll deal with the issue there and then. So if, you know, if the peas are cold or the chips are, are cold, no, not a problem at all is that they will get them replaced there and then. Um, and I, I actually implemented that within my IT company. And it was really something very simple in the fact that we called the customers the next day, but also the next week to ensure that they were happy with what we'd done. Um, and actually what that did was it was just that small, small touch point um, where they were able to vent or get off their chest if there was any issues. And if there was, we just got it sorted. But typically, again, culturally, especially within the UK, we don't like to moan or complain. So we're quite happy to do it behind people's backs, but we wouldn't necessarily do it in front of people. So giving giving uh, the customers the opportunity to vent or get off their chest or even just say that they're really, really happy, that small touch point can be really, really massive. It gives you the opportunity to to shrink any issues, but more importantly, um, that's a great time to be asking for referrals. You know, Roger, you just check in that you're happy with the service that I provided. Yeah, really happy. Okay, who else do you think that we should be speaking to um, now because you're so happy? Oh, you need to be speaking to such and such. Um, 
or Roger, I just had a look at your LinkedIn profile. You know Dave, Dave, don't you? Uh, Dave Smith, um, because I really love an intro. Okay, cool, not a problem. So it's about checking, um, checking in, but then also taking the opportunity to use it uh, for a referral or an introduction opportunity. That's really good. I'm going to remember that the next time I have a cheeky Nando's. And I know, I know you're an author yourself, the Check-In Strategy Journal. We've talked about that. But is there a business book that you've read recently that you'd like to recommend to the listeners? Uh, there's one called Radical Candor uh, by a lady called Kim Scott, an American lady. And what she talks in there is about the ability to be open, honest, and vulnerable and challenging to the people that are within your lives. Um, and if you're holding back, you're not doing yourself and the other people justice. Really, really good book, especially if you've got, if you're, if you're a member of a, of a team um, that might be dysfunctional, there's a couple of exercises that she, she recommends. But also if you've got relationships within your life that you, you need to create an environment and space uh, which allows for honesty and uh, challenge and transparency without being aggressive. And when you can get that point, um, you know, relationships and results become a lot, lot greater. That sounds good. I'm going to definitely check that out. Adam, it's been fascinating to talk to you this morning about all sorts. We've talked about networking. We've talked about speaking. We've talked about your book, The Check-In Strategy Journal, hoping that people listening to the show might want to get in touch with you. So what's the best way that they should connect, Adam? Uh, best way to connect uh, website is fresh-mindset.co.uk. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to to reach out. I've got a number of resources that I'm happy to share. And if anybody's got anything specific or they want any introductions, I'm more than happy to have conversations with them further. Great stuff. And I will include those links and also the books that you the book that you mentioned in the show notes of the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Adam, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Really enjoyed our chat. And hopefully we can meet in person one day and debate these topics a little bit more over a beer, perhaps. Fantastic. Pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.